getting your weekend started right. The Jet Set Breakfast. Unati Sonwabile Henama is on the line, a lecturer out at the Department of Tourism Management at the Etswana University of Technology. Good morning to you this morning. Uh, good morning, Mabriji, and good morning to all of the listeners. Oh, Wangbiza Gamnandi, I love it. <laughs> how, <laughs> has, <laughs> how has your year started? Ah, oh, man, you know, Mabriji, uh, there, there's rain in Pretoria, so yes. rain is blessings for us. Yes. Uh, rain, rain is blessings for us, so it must continue, Mabriji. The, 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 the soil must be fertile, and the plants must grow, and there must be new generations, so yeah. So it's a beautiful year, and, and, and I hope all of our SAFM listeners, they also enter to the new year with only blessings being the only delivery. Oh, there we go. You speak it into existence. And let's hope that these blessings, uh, you know, they, they spill over to the tourism sector. Um, we saw a huge influx of domestic travelers uh, this past uh, December. Everybody going full speed to Cape Town and Durban doing the coastal uh, routes as per usual. Uh, but now we do it on the back of, you know, of being conscious that we live in a pandemic. Um, and, and I'm wondering, I don't know if you've laid sight on any recent uh, information or readings that have uh, outlined exactly how was sort of the, the uptake going into the summer season for, for the tourism sector. Um, if you compare this year to last year, yeah. Uh, we, 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 when we speak about tourism consumption this year, mm. we speak about what we call revenge tourism. Okay. Where people last year, because all of us were scared about the pandemic, mm. that people didn't go home because they said, hey, you know, my parents are old and I don't know if I've got this thing, so I'm not going to go home. I'm not, not going to go see family. Mm. And people lost family members, people lost friends, people lost colleagues because of this pandemic. And then people said, you know what? I've got this bucket list that's been sitting there still. Yeah. This bucket list that I want to do this, I want to do that, that. I've not done it. And people are dying. You know what? Let me do it now. Yeah. You know, you know. let me do it now. Obviously, I'll observe protocols and all of those things. But let me do it now because tomorrow is not certain. Mm. So people then changed their behavior and said, this bucket list, I want to do that. So there was a big upsurge yeah. in consumption of tourism by people because last year, December, they could not do that. Yeah. So now, as a country, we have benefited from these domestic tourists. But unfortunately, they're not enough of us. Mm. Well, so many of our brothers and sisters lost jobs during the pandemic, my sister. Yeah. You know, people can't put bread on the table because many companies closed out, many companies downsided, mm. many companies never reopened again mm, because mm. of the effects of the pandemic. So if you drive on the roads, there are less cars on the roads. Yes, there was a big upsurge, but there were fewer cars on the roads mm, because mm. domestic tourism is a function of what the economy. Yeah. If our economy is booming, there are more domestic tourists. If our economy is creeping, there are less domestic tourists. Now you go to the rural areas because tourism is always, always about this money that comes must circulate in the economy. Mm-mm. You go to the rural hinterlands, you'll find that there are less people there. Now there's a new concept called staycation. Yes. Houting, Durban, the big metropoles, they're the biggest beneficiary of tourism right now mm. because people are staying at 
people are staying at places of employment and say, I can't afford to go home. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then, and then the big metropoles are the biggest beneficiaries. Yeah. But we do not want that in tourism. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have Unati on the line. I think we've just uh, lost Unati on the phone. Uh, we're going to try and get him back. His line has... Oh, there you go. There you go. I thought your line had just dropped. <laughs> oh, no, I thought your line had just dropped. No, I mean, no. you know, you, you bring up things that I think over um, the course of the last uh, year or two, we've definitely spoken uh, about, um, you know, the concept of staycationing and, and metropoles being, you know, the, the big beneficiary. And of course, the, 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 the cycle of tourism um, and it not being fulfilled to its most optimum because of how we now engage travel uh, domestically. But there also seems to be an optimism. Uh, You know, I I read somewhere where they they were saying that about 26% of of people that were polled recently uh, said that, they and these are people within the sectors, operators and stakeholders within the sectors, said that they were confident that the tourism industry uh, in 2022, would revert back and be comparable to pre-COVID, um, you know, the year of 2019. What are your thoughts about that? Do Do you think it, it's it's uh, it's fair to say that our eagerness is going to drive the sector back to pre-COVID years? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, uh, and I'll tell you why. Um, meetings, conferences, conventions. Yeah. We're one of the biggest employers in the country. Absolutely. I mean, you go to Southern Convention Center, you know, uh, you go to um, King, King Tuli in, 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 in Durban, the yeah. ICC there. Yeah. You know, it would be so nice seeing these young girls, these young boys, black and white, but also Maspani, good day. So the, con- 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 the convention business, the events business, will not won't be the same. Mm. Because Zoom has has zoomed us, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> so it won't be it won't be the same. But longer holidays will become the norm because people are working from home. Mm. So it is easier now to come when you speak to a, a traveler mm. to say, "Come visit my country. You can come and stay for four months." Mm-hmm. Then that is becoming a new trend because working from home has become an opportunity to attract people to stay longer, mm. and for areas. Not your big metropoles, your smaller metropoles mm. to benefit. So we might attract more long term visitors than attracting the nest at the same time. Yeah. The question is, is Saraska ready? If you look at the US, smaller towns in the US are actually paying people to come and stay for a year. Mm, mm. Obviously because of the financial challenges Saraska finds itself. We can't do that. Mm-mm. But we must appreciate the wisdom of the city of Cape Town mm-hmm. driving um, 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 visitors who are working from home to say, digital natives, mm-hmm. we've got a product that you guys could love. Please visit the Western Cape. Mm-hmm. And I believe if, if we change our narrative on how we market destinations in Africa, we benefit so much immensely. Mm-hmm. So in other words, the tourism industry has changed. Mm. Instead of us attracting visitors, we should be attracting people that come to work and also play. Mm-hmm. But again, the first question, 
you ask is, do you have Wi-Fi? Mm-hmm. Do you have a fiber? Mm. So now the, the installation of fiber, which is the responsibility of government, mm. becomes much more prominent. Because in the tourism industry, we always say that we need <clears throat> a government that creates the enabling environment for the tourism industry to succeed. Yeah. So the role of government in tourism is much more profound to create this enabling environment. So it is easy when they, these guys ask us, is the fiber? Then you say, yes, you can come to our country mm. and come and enjoy. <clears throat> but again, South Africa is a beautiful country. But we must never, never overextend our arrogance. Mm-hmm. For far too long, we have overextended our arrogance as a country. People can choose Kenya for the wildlife. Yes, yes. For the beaches. We need to raise our tourism competitiveness. You go anywhere in the country, you know, in the world. You know, you're from South Africa. Oh, beautiful country. Mm, what mm, they say mm. next? Am I safe? Not true. Very true. Now, safety <clears throat> must be a dividend enjoyed by all South Africans. Mm. Before we speak about tourists, Safety and security must be something that we enjoy as citizens before tourists can enjoy it. And then the tourists can enjoy it. Now, because of rule, now we are not safe. Then tourists are also not safe. But if we were safe, the tourists would be safe. I got you. So, so the structural, in tourism, when you speak about structural challenges, safety is one of them. Mm, mm. The inability of local government to deliver services is one of them. Mm. The inability to provide electricity, mm. as it happened in Bulugani last mm. night, <laughs> 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 it's a social challenge. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So tourism needs a working government. Tourism needs a successful country. Mm. Tourism is all about good news. Uh, that I'm going to a destination like oh, Rwanda, Rwanda. Yes. You know, yes. Tourism needs that to succeed. Absolutely got you. Uh, and it makes perfect sense indeed. Uh, it is a vital part of, of ensuring the attractiveness of, of any destination. Now, before I let you go, one of the hot potato topics is obviously the conversation around vax mandates with a lot of people, and rightfully so, you know, saying that this conversation uh, is infringing on constitutional rights, rights of choice, uh, you know, rights of freedoms, etc., etc., which is all just and well. Um, and and there's there's great arguments to be mounted on both parts, which is why I guess most governments in the world have tread on the side of caution when implementing vax mandates. This is one of those conversations, and tourism as a sector is one of those where this conversation is very robust, and we've seen it in isolated pockets where you know people are vax mandating their staff there's been a successful case we just spoke to them the other day in franchuk where 80 percent of the town is vaccinated now and it took some convincing you know not everybody was on board but 80 percent of franchuk is now fully vaccinated um where are your thoughts in terms of vax mandating because you know, people speak about parameters and <laughs> rights of admission reserved and right of employment reserved, but also you're trading on my constitutional right of choice. 
<laughs> you know what, man? You know what, man? I was going to vaccinate, man. You were not. I was going to vaccinate. Uh vaccinate. -huh. Then an international trip came up, <laughs> and I knew I know. So I had to go to vaccinate. So you were you a reluctant what, vax person. Uh, but I'm an international traveler. I, yes. I attend conferences in academia and all of those things. So yeah, I had to go to vaccinate. But I'm just saying, we can't change this, my sister. This is the new world we're going to live in. Mm -hmm. um, this is the new world we're going to live in where now vaccines, the, the, the vaccine certificate is now the new visa. You yes. Know? But but remember, it's, 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 it's not done. In, you know, in South Africa, my sister, we've got a good story to tell. And I don't think... <clears throat> We are saying it very well. Yeah. I mean, look at the U.S. How many people have died? More than 700,000. Mm. India, more than 800,000 people have died. Mm. In South Africa, it's less than 100,000. Mm. Maybe that's why our reluctance is so low, you know. And one of the contributors might be a lot of state failures in doing the right thing. I want my sister. Mm. But I'm just saying... Um, you know, whenever I have to travel overseas, I obviously go to the travel clinic and get, get a certificate in Africa. Yes. If I'm going to Sri Lanka, what must I do? They'll say, you must have a yellow fever certificate. Yes. You must have this. And I go and I get those injections because I will not enter that country without them, you know? Mm -hmm. Because when I enter there, next to my passport, there will always be um, my certificate certification of the vaccine that I've taken yes. signed by a doctor. So <clears throat> let's not get emotional about this pandemic, we are very fortunate that today we've got top quality health care, mm -hmm. which 100 years ago, the last pandemic, we did not have. Um, so um, let's take the vaccine for those that want to. Mm -hmm. Those that are reluctant, it's okay, but please understand that employers, places of uh, entertainment and other establishments might in the future request you to do that. Mm. Uh, but if you, don't, if you are refusing, we are, accept your right to choose, mm. but please accept if establishments therefore require that. And then you can also go to other establishments because South Africa is such a beautiful country mm. that say we welcome anyone with whether with a vaccine or not a vaccine. But the whole world is heading towards that. And remember, it's not just a vaccine. Is a vaccine a PR test before you leave? Yes. And when you arrive in that country, they'll require you to also do a PR PCR test on site. Yes. So, <clears throat> as, a, as a continent, um, especially if you look at SADC, um, we, we need to have a conversation and say, if a person has done a PCR test mm. uh, before entering South Africa, he can take those results and visit Botswana, Lesotho, mm -hmm. Zambia, mm -hmm. all come to the run SADC. Because <clears throat> what you used to find is that, remember, <clears throat> Then the vast majority of international visitors that come here are coming from Europe. Yes. And European, you know, European. Yes. You know, so this thing of flights, so South Africa is a very, very far from source markets. So I'm talking about the whole time. I visit the Golisu to Botswana. They want to do their bucket list around Southern Africa. So we need to be creative because in the past, Okramo just to have a visa in South Africa, all the, ah, man, just just stop these, these things. I got If you. a PCR test, Africa, Mamzanzi, or Tambo, or Skirobotswana, direct flight, then all SARC must allow that. But again, remember, for these things to happen, we need functional governments. We you... need functioning governments. 
you have definitely driven the point home on that one, uh, I think. And that's actually a very good point, uh, you know, for SADC to uh, come together as a region and, and think of a more strategic and a fruitful way of engaging, you know, what does VAX mandates or even the protocols look like for us as a collective, considering that really we are so codependent on each other for, for so many things. Uh, Unati, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, chat to us this morning. Much appreciated. That was uh, Unati, a lecturer out at the Department of uh, Tourism Management at the Tswani University. That is a good point, and I hope that somebody in uh, tourism is thinking along those lines, because it can get very costly to uh, enter South Africa. A lot of uh, European visitors coming into the country will enter via the South African port of entries and then move out into the rest of the continent. And can you imagine doing a visa, a PCR test here and then doing one in Botswana and then doing one in Lesotho and then doing one in Mozambique and it can get very, very costly indeed. Um, so, you know, it makes complete sense that if you've uh, checked in at one point port of entry, uh, you should be able for a period of time to uh, travel between the other SADC countries before then having to do your exit PCR test. It, it just makes for, for business sense. It's just gone half past eight right here on Jet Set Breakfast. This, this is Bridget Masinga on SAFM.